You're listening to I vs. I with Dr. Broderick and Zookman. I vs. I podcast.com. Nothing on the show is medical advice or medical care. We're here with Dr. Broderick Sawyer. I'm Jesse Zookman. Today we're going to do a little bit of a different format on I vs. I. We're going to try a little bit more of a free flow, Dr. Broderick. Are you ready mm. for the free? Free. You ready? You ready for the Bro, free? I'm always in you ready flow, for man. the flow? I'm water, water. Man, oh, so a little Bruce Lee, a little uh, Bruce Lee, just, just a little bit, just tiny, tiny Bruce bit. Lee. Um, <laughs> Broderick, did you see the New Jersey uh, UFO? Did, did I you see, see that? No, I didn't. You don't check social media when you wake up, do you? Oh uh, no, dude! I had to try to stop. You had to stop. Like I've realized, yeah, like just a little bit, but I've seen like all of all the alien stuff like coming out, man. Well, I, I don't know what was going I on. I turned on this, this the Twitter machine, and mm. uh, everybody had pictures of a UFO in New Jersey, and uh, it was mm. like a flying low. Um, uh, it looked like that, like a science fiction movie with like this this orb. Uh, going, hmm. uh, just kind of hovering above the skyline, and then like everybody stopping their cars on the New Jersey Turnpike. So like, and everyone was like getting out what? and just like watching the UFO. Uh, what, I, I thought, dude? This is like my natural reaction. This is good. Yeah, this, this is good. <laughs> this is my natural reaction too. I was like, holy shit! And it, like things are so <sighs> fucked up in 2020 that I was just like, okay, that makes sense. I guess the aliens are here. Here we go. Like it totally made sense. Like everybody is like, this totally makes sense. You see something hovering on the skyline. You're like, space aliens are here. Like this is where we're at. Like we are conditioned to the point where mm. we are expecting. I don't even know what's happening anymore. Anything, but uh, yeah, it turned yeah. out to be a uh, Goodyear blimp. Oh, oh, yeah, really? It was just a blimp. No, no space oh. aliens. Oh well, oh well, damn. Because I saw some of those videos that NASA uh, released. Yes. Um, and with those, I felt like they aligned with who was it? Was it Rob Lazarus? I think his name yeah, is Bob, the guy. Bob, uh, Bob Lazar. Bob Lazar. Bob Lazar. There yeah. it is. Um, Lazarus, I think I'm thinking of some musician. Um, but yeah, they, they were talking about the ways, the, the formulas basically to be able to harness, uh, the energy of gravity. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. So basically, um, all they're saying is once you unlock the formula for uh, gravity and you then know how to uh, take in that energy and then, uh, you know, um, basically translate it into fuel, then you can use the air literally around you to be able to fly and maneuver through the air very naturally. So it's not like jet propulsion, like this way or that way. It's sucking in what's around it and then jettisoning any way at very, very, very high speeds. Um, And that formula, I thought, was that's the interesting part. That's the only thing that we might be missing. So that's what um, Lazar was assigned to do, was unlock this formula and and basically work with the spacecraft that's uh, the flying saucer, that was uh, similar to the to the NASA um, videos, like that very very low moving, like moving side to side, very zipping around. It's the exact same format, um, and I think there's a, a Netflix documentary on it too. Um, yeah. So it's, I, I mean, you think evolution, and I think it's 
it's just like I'm sure a lot of people will agree. It's extremely silly to think that we as humans who haven't even gotten to Mars yet, like, you know what I mean? Like that there's other stuff out there. It takes us years and years and years to be able to even see or perceive certain things. Um, and our technology is just getting started, you know? So that's, that's, that's kind of the other thing. Like it's out there. It's just, we can't really get to it, but will it come to us? And um, and yeah, they, they kind of already have, or it's just like some weird race of people that are from earth. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I was so anti, and now I am like convinced, um, just from like the research that's come out of of area 51 and the people involved with with Mm. bob lazar i was so well first i was a little kid we had the show in the 90s in the early 90s called sightings might it was a little bit before your time Mm. where it was like this new show about ufos and bigfoot and uh vampires and all kinds of just wacky stuff scared me so hard Mm. as a kid i would sleep outside (laughs) of my parents door um, scared out of my mind like it gave me sleep disruption for years thinking, thinking i was going to get abducted by a ufo then i saw some report that there was like some psyop to like uh for the uh the fbi to um make ufos you know like i, I like the fbi like sponsored some misinformation uh books that came out and like that was actually a thing but mm. now there's just so many people that have like uh, like who have uh, testified that Bob Lazar is right. Uh, mm. And all of just like workers and millions of like, not millions, just like a dozen, I don't know, a lot of people, mm. enough people uh, mm. have come forward to like, say that what Bob Lazar did was real and have testified to like different facts about his story of working on uh, spacecraft and, mm. and, and area fit and, and details about area 51 that I'm like, I know enough about conspiracies um, that it's too hard. It's hard. It's very hard to get like 12 people uh, all to testify mm-hmm. to the same thing um, who are like uh, from different backgrounds from different pieces of the story. It's very hard to put that together to like train normal people mm-hmm. as actors in front of a camera, uh, like corroborate a, uh, a, a wild story like that. Very, very, very difficult. So, I mean, it's possible. It's possible mm-hmm. that that's still what's going on. Oh, but, Easily, after, man. after those like army uh was it army or navy mm. pilots came out with the ufo uh uh that chase video that's in that bob lazar documentary on netflix Bro. who was on rogan yeah, i'm man. like yeah you gotta get it's, that it's you gotta get the, hell out of, it's... You get the hell out of here the space aliens yeah. are real yeah i think the space aliens are real. yeah no pretty much man and and we're just scratching the surface mm-hmm. it's just by sheer probabilities you think about what is it the um andromeda galaxy i think it's what's our neighboring uh galaxy um we can't even really see into that you know and um just in terms of our technology and being able to look into that so who's to say that there aren't like civilizations just right there you know that are just kind of you know looking right at us and sending scouts to like check it out and then just like bouncing you know all the time who's to say Who's to say that, you know, there are certain um, aircrafts that travel so fast that they're undetectable, have cloaking devices or not, because you don't know their technology. Um, so I think that's that's the other piece. People could be, you know, they could be uh, watching us at all times. Like we have 
just no, no clue. And there might even be, because that's the other thing, you don't know, you don't know what we know. You only know what gets out to the public. So if through Air 51, they're trying to hide all this stuff, I'm thinking to myself, like, well, no, no, no. That's what you got caught with. So what what types of other shit are you doing? Um, or do you know about the world or what kind of access to what kind of technology you have that you're just not sharing with the public? Um, but it, but like all things, you know, um, the truth one one day or another will will come out. But I think I'm I'm pretty much well. I'm you're on team. Like, you're you, on you team aliens. You you're on team aliens. Uh, yeah, dude. Yeah, I feel like any any smart person is is not like oh that's impossible like well dude nothing is possible then when it happens now it's possible so you know i think especially in 2020 right things are just people just more open you know to those things because their worlds have been shaken up a bit and things they didn't think would happen would happen so now all of a sudden you know you're exposed to a level of uncertainty all of a sudden you're open to things you're saying because you don't know it's taken so long. Um, I just, I figured, I remember when YouTube came out, we were like, I, I was thinking, oh, you know, now if Bigfoot comes out, if Bigfoot's real, we're going to find out. If space aliens are real, we're going to find Because everyone has a camera. Everyone has, uh, you know, access to information. Mm-hmm. I just figured it would come out like that. And it's taken a long time. Um, yeah. But there was another documentary, an Unsolved Mysteries, that's on Netflix about, um, it was a, in your neighborhood in Connecticut. Uh, whatever. It was like, mm. uh, a, it was a, a, a town... Uh, in Connecticut, like that was like adjacent to Hudson, New York, so whatever, like up mm-hmm. up that latitude, um, where like all these people saw a UFO, and then like several children had you know abduction stories. They're still alive, like you know, bro. What? Yeah. What? Bro, on- get the fuck out of here, dude. That's <laughs> exactly though. It's on unsolved. Mi- I, I, Bruh, it was one of the most convincing I, yeah, things. I don't want to hear about that because it was another one yeah, of those man. things where it was like they interviewed like six, seven, eight people that all. Oh yeah, I was a little kid, or yeah, I was an adult. Now I'm older, and yeah, there was this UFO and it was wild. And then there are these people that are like, yeah, I was five years old and this thing abducted me, and I didn't know, I don't know how to do it, and I'm in therapy. And then they have like three people like that, and then like a whole bunch of other people who saw it. Very hard. To make people yeah, all believe that. I mean, you're the doctor. What is it? What would it take? Yeah. What would it take psychologically to get people? If it yeah. if it didn't happen, what would it take as a psyop yeah. to get a town of people to believe that they saw a UFO, and then to get uh, three people to believe that they had they were abducted by aliens? Is that even possible psychologically? I uh, I would say a- anything is again like anything's possible, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing's impossible. Um. But I think the main thing I'm looking at is like there are no press conferences where, you know, whether it's the, you know, leadership of these towns that we're talking about or the state or the country that's coming out and saying, I know what you heard. I know that there's some rumors going around that they're aliens, but let me assure you, there are none. No one has said that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they fucking know. They already know. And it's and it's not something I feel like is relevant until it becomes um, you know, to I think mainstream like relevant, relevant, um, until some Independence Day crap happens and something is, you know, some huge thing is flying over us and we're like, okay, now we're gonna have to pay attention to this. Um I think in a lot of people's minds it's that thing that we hope never happens, like in an invasion, you know, uh kind of sense. But like I said though, who who the fuck knows we can't even 
was reading this um reading this uh this book and they were showing the uh pictures they have for the andromeda uh galaxy and they say this is how you can tell that this far away star is a planet because typically you have a gas shimmering off of the planet uh or excuse me the star so they zoom in and you can see that that isn't happening on this particular thing. So what they're saying is it's likely that this there's a planet here. There's a planet here. If we're over here, we're looking this way. We're looking out this way, planet here. And then there's a sun in the middle of this uh, galaxy that's shimmering off of this planet, creating that illusion. So, I mean, we it takes our technology so long to travel and get places in space. Um, so we're just very, very small. Um, it's just, you know, do do other uh do other places wanna wanna fuck with us, whatever are they interested in you know, resources, just whatever. I have no no idea. No idea. But it's it's just gotta be it's gotta be out there just by sheer uh, you know, size of the universe. It's just very, very obvious um that there has to be other life forms uh out there. Um, because as you can see how, how random, uh, you know, our, our creation as a species and the life on our planet really was, um, you know, to, to say that, oh, no, 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 we're the only, uh, beings, we're the only planet that's alive in the whole universe and da 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 da, da is just, uh, I think, an, uh, another example of just human arrogance, uh, thinking, no, it's us and us alone. And we are the superior beings of, you know, of every, everyone and everything. Or that's not humans. I mean, that's just why it's why. This is, this is where I was going to go with this, Broderick. This is where I was going to go with this. Cause I'm like, I'm thinking in my mind, okay, is if aliens land, is this going to be like the final nail in the coffin of white supremacy? And then I was thinking, you know what? The, fucking, nah. the white supremacists are going to claim the fucking aliens. Right. They, well, they, they are. They're going to try. They're going to get us all killed, man. They're going to they're gonna act like dick. They're not good with diplomacy. It's not, you know. You think the white, uh. would white supremacists say that like they got the alien DNA? I think Hitler did something. Some had some kind of fucking conversation like this where he, he thought like he was going to the want fucking space everything, alien. Man. They want everything. They want to be connected. They want everything. But Or will it go the other way? Will they'll be like the human race is superior uh, to the space aliens? Or will they finally well, go, I mean, we got to finally get it together and work together mm-hmm. to like get humanity together. And, or, and like, you know, the perspective will just shift so radically. I don't think so, you don't, <laughs> they're not giving it up. They're not giving so, it up. I don't think so, dude. No, man. It, it, they're just going to get really scared. Mm-hmm. And when rich people get scared, they just hoard all their shit. Mm-hmm. And they, and they uh, basically pin all the poor people against each other and, and they go first. That's what, that's what, that's where we're at in evolutionary history and what humans are. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what will happen. That's just it. Um, I know, I know Reagan had said the only thing that will bring us together is if we have an alien invasion. Oh, is that true? He said that for political points. Yeah, he didn't really mean that. That was political points. He was just saying po- politician shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but what really happened is, like I said, all the white people, rich, you know, all the white supremacists, all the rich folks, they would just sacrifice all the poor people and try to live as long as they possibly could. That's just that's where we're at. And I don't and I don't put Beyonce out of that conversation either. She would do the same thing. She's another rich person to me. I'm sorry. And I, oh, man, I, I can't believe I even said this. This is probably blasphemy for anybody that's listening. Um, 
But like to me, she's another rich person. When push comes to shove, like rich people will, you know, do that. That's just they'll help you. But you start getting too close to the house. So like, okay, that's enough of that. You so know? think uh, Beyonce, Jeff Bezos, and um, some Richard Spencer wannabes are going to make a secret, or maybe not even a secret, but just a, a treaty with the space aliens to keep us uh, to keep the the oppressed classes down. Yeah, bro, to hook us up to the Matrix machines. But what if the alien? What and, if the aliens uh, have like this evolved sense of empathy and like can just show us like? Emo- maybe they ha- I think they are maybe they do. have like an emotional communication device so they can like communicate uh, 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 emotions and the feelings of mm. of people who are suffering and then like that technology would just be like are you saying that essentially someone meets Jeff Bezos like an alien meets Jeff Bezos and number one the alien says wow you look just like me number one <laughs> And then, so that was good, right? Exactly, exactly. Get my shots in. And then, uh, and then the alien, what you're saying, can somehow uh, telepathically resolve all of his yeah. issues where he feel like his dad didn't love him, and then all of a sudden he just feels. So they're all just like gurus, like that. Would yeah, be maybe so, man. Why not? Why? Uh, how? Well, okay. If you're going to advance huh. in like this technology way. Yeah. So you're going to be here. You would think at least you would have some, like like the stuff mm. you're talking about, right? You're you're you have this vision of uh, of the future of evolved humanity where we teach uh, people about their emotions and we teach children about their emotions and they have like this emotional intelligence. Well, what if you had that emotional intelligence that we can imagine just like 30, 40 years from now in another generation, and then you have the supreme technology. Uh, that's like hmm. like millions of years evolved from us to facilitate it. Yeah, it's like yeah. It could be, to, I mean, it, bro, it'd be like an ecstasy ray, just like uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, dude. Speaking of, so so get this shit. So I was watching a camera. Oh, sad. I can't remember this guy. This guy's name, but he talks about uh, psychedelics, like natural psychedelics. You're really talking like ayahuasca, uh, mushrooms, different things like that, as technology. Um, to and, and anyone that's that's taken psychedelics uh, knows that you go to a different space and you realize certain things about yourself and you bring those things back and it's it's not a matter of, um, you know it's not a matter of anything changing regarding you know who what you know your human hardware but of seeing things in a different way and being shown something. Um, that changes your perspective towards your emotions and different things like that. So if we call that technology, then I'm sure that there's a way to essentially, like you're saying, like harness that technology in a faster way because technology is just about, it's about speed and reach to me. Speed, reach, connectivity. um, Those are the variables that just grow and keep growing. Um, So I think even, even on that, you know, on that rate, you know, maybe, uh, maybe any aliens that, that come to us, they could just be a more evolved form of us that, you know, left and then is maybe like coming back or some shit. Now I'm going down, down a rabbit hole, but yeah. Uh, well, it's, you know, maybe they're time travelers, you know, we don't, uh, mm. we don't, it's that interstellar shit, man. I don't know. I, have you, I've, I've had some experiences where I have seen what appear to be extraterrestrials on high doses of psychedelic drugs that are sometimes called, uh, them, Get out of here. Have you seen the machine elves? No, Uh, dude. What are you talking about? 
And I do I do not subscribe uh. to everything that Terrence McKenna says. He's was out there, but has some yeah. fascinating ideas. Do you know Terrence McKenna, Broderick? No, heard uh, the name. You would you'd be uh. interested just just from his like rhetorical style. Um, very influenced by mm. Ramdas. Um, mm. ah, well, there we go. I, I don't. He's like half a generation younger, or was he's passed away. He's a, a psychedelic um, mm. advocate um, and has these wild conversations with himself. These long monologues mm. about altered states and extraterrestrial uh, intelligence, and he has uh, he talks about these um, beings called the machine elves which um, Mm -hmm. exists inside of they're like conscious like elves that exists um, inside of the matrix of consciousness and people that do DMT often see them. I've seen them on large doses of uh, psilocybin uh, mushrooms Mm. and they, um, I I had this experience where like I I just ate, I ate like an eighth of mushrooms uh, here in Seattle about 20 years ago. And I I, I, mm. I was tripping so hard, I blacked out. And I, like, mm. came to inside of this, like, psychedelic world of uh, mm. these ants. And they were, I could see, like, the, the matrix of consciousness being built and repaired by these ant alien creatures. And um, it was mm. not fun. Like, people have these experiences where, like, they, <sighs> these things play jokes on them or, like, they play with them or they're laughing. These ant, these ant aliens just like looked at me and they said, "What are you? What are you? What are you? What are you?" In like a million, like, what are you? 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 And they were like, and then they were like, "You don't belong here. You don't belong here. You don't belong here." So it was kind of it's kind of stressful. The experience terrifying. was yeah. that I was communicating with another uh, creature, but they were not happy to see me there. Like they were like, yeah, not. So I don't know. I, maybe is is that? Uh, do you think you could like take? enough psychedelics that like you really do break the reality matrix that you can see other uh, places in the web of consciousness as a uh, doctor seems i seems like I you don't your... you don't like as a doctor as, do- <laughs> as a doctor we need your I need professional you, I, need you prof- I need you to professionally <laughs> tell me are there aliens beyond the co- the matrix of consciousness that, tell me this was in you, your training right that, that you can uh. that you can access taking psychedelic drugs <gasps> In your professional opinion, um, are the machine elves real, Doctor Broder? <laughs> Bro, this is fucking. I let your fucking laugh. So, so I, I will. I will say this. Like, so in terms of, so let's just start with basic awareness and then move up to meditation, then therapy then psychedelics, then large doses of psychedelics. Let's just do that. Should we put a, uh, so, a warning in first? A warning? Oh, that this is medical advice? Is it, well, that's not the beginning. But People don't understand. <laughs> but seriously, like if you're, if, if you're like in a really like bad state, you don't want to be doing a whole bunch of drugs. Like seriously. No, dude. I've done a bunch of drugs. No. A lot of times they made me better. Uh, sometimes they made me worse. So uh, it's not one thing. You know, if you do a bunch of mushrooms, it's not yeah. just going to like automatically cure your depression, depending on what else is going on. So, yeah, there you go. Um, and uh, and also there's actually um, different drug trials and things like that for psilocybin and like trauma or depression or anxiety. So if you really want to try out treatments like that, like take a look. Um, I think there there are sites in Connecticut. I have a friend who does that. Uh. Um, 
there's a site i believe in like canada uk they're doing more of that stuff there's a lot of robust research to show that it, it's really helpful um, but it's professionally done so you're not just like winging it doing yourself right we're still figuring out um, how it works for who in what situations and for what populations mm -hmm. it might be that people who are on a certain med who are a certain gender that have a certain background really bad for mm -hmm. it might be like really robust for other people in a different demographic right. a different age we just we're still figuring it out so uh yeah. Be careful. But it's, out, but it's out there. California is, California is pretty big on it, too. Mm -hmm. um, if you just look up psychedelic-assisted therapy, you know, you'll get some professional resources who actually have government funding to do that research. So they have that stamp of safety approval. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd, I'd recommend. Um, check it out if you're interested. Um, but, uh, yeah, so as far as consciousness, it's, it's all increasing levels of awareness. So let's say, all right, so now I'm moving into meditation so like so that first layer so i am sitting and usually i follow my thought forms what i think so i might close my eyes and i see oh broderick like this is pretty interesting like your thoughts are there oh what are you eating for lunch or da, 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 da. like this narrative and i'm like oh interesting it's a narrative so i sit long enough and then i start to see there's a narrative but i don't have to follow it so then i see whoa wait a second just like i'm not the sounds that come into my ears or my ears, I'm aware of my ears picking something up. Just like I'm not my thoughts, I'm aware that my thoughts are picking something up. So it's a sensation. So then I start to see that I'm this awareness thing, but I'm still too close to the painting to really see the whole picture. So then I bring my, you know, say I'm meditating one day and then all of a sudden, emotions come up. So I let go of my thoughts, and then there are emotions here. Huh, what does this mean? I'm coming into awareness about something. So I go into therapy, and then I start to talk about those emotions. Then I'm sitting in therapy, talking to my therapist, and then I start to feel a body pain when I'm, like, talking about my mother or, or my father or a friend or whatever. And I start, what the hell is this? You know, then I start to come into awareness with that. And then all of a sudden, I start to have crying fits when I feel this pain. You know, so I'm coming into an increasing level of awareness about things that were previously unconscious, so beyond my conscious mind. So then what happens when you, um, so say uh, you could be in a sort of trance spiritual state, be having spiritual experiences, so, you know, no psychedelics, or um, you could be uh, meditating and have certain visions that that happens to folks sometimes, but it's just increasing sort of level of awareness. You pump that volume up. So um, with psychedelics and if you're in, if you're interested in this stuff and like, you know, there's a lot of like legitimate, like empirically based government funded research papers that you can read on this stuff. So it's a lot further along than, than people might think. So um, but check it out. But basically what's happening is your mind is going like this. It's just moving, 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 moving. So now when you meditate, it might go like this, but it's still moving. When you're in therapy, it might be going like this, but it's still moving. And when you take psychedelics, what happens, um, I'm specifically speaking about the mechanics of psilocybin um, and, and that kind of research, um, is that it, the mind stops. So then as it stops, then all of a sudden it sort of floats away. And then now a veil is then lifted. So you're seeing literally beyond your thoughts. Um, and Ram Dass's guru actually um, said that uh, psychedelics, and I think he was talking, he was talking to Ram Dass about LSD at that point, and he said they call this the yogi medicine, 
and you can go hang out with God, but you have to come back after a few hours. Right. So this is a, it's, it's a, um, you know, and again, we're not recommending go take a bunch of psychedelics. Again, not saying that. Um, but in a lot of different cultures as well, it is a tool to see beyond your thought forms, beyond what meets the eye. Um, and then through that, there's access to different planes of consciousness. And I think sometimes we think planes, which is like levels, whereas I think it's it's better described as um, veils being lifted. So when I meditate, um, and this happens to me every morning that I sit and I meditate, I have my thought forms and they're kind of like this, right? So this thick layer of glasses, like right, poke myself in the eye, like right in front of my face. And then all of a sudden, as I meditate and I let my thoughts go, that veil gets thinner. And then I start to feel more peaceful, more loving, like this and that. And then, you know, it, you know, it varies in the meditation. It's like thin. And then I'm like, okay, and then I'm about here. So over a few years of meditating, I go like, like right there, right? And it, it wiggles around sometimes, depending on what, you know, what can trigger trigger your mind to jump in. Um, so then when you think about it like that, what psychedelics does is it essentially reduces that veil until like your your eyes are open. And when people have bad trips, it's because they sense their mind rattling, but they're so identified with their mind that they think they're dying. But if you're not identified with your mind, that process is is much uh, smoother because the mind, though, um, this is why it's it's tricky with psychedelics and psychotherapy, which is why you should be doing that with a professional um, is because if you're still identified with the mind and that starts to happen, um, that can if you're not ready for it, then that can essentially just freak your mind out because your mind is protecting all of these emotions. So you don't you know, flood, flood yourself with all these different emotions, things that you weren't previously aware of. So that, you know, long story short, um, it's a matter of reducing veils of consciousness, being able to perceive beyond what you would normally see. Um, so then in that way, you can see anything. And if you have that consistent reporting, this is just research. If you have consistent reporting of a, of a phenomenon, uh, you know, in a sort of uh, double blind way, you know, so multiple people reporting seeing the same things um, under the same conditions, then research wise, that says that, yeah, that holds up, you know, as far as to answer your question about the elves, um, <laughs> you know, that that's that. Well, so what was the answer to the um, question about, about the elves? Are the elves, elves real or are the elves not real? Hey, man, like <laughs> if, if some people, if if a handful of people. You know, I would say what's a what's a solid sample size in in, uh, in research? So if, I, if, uh, if over a thousand people have reported seeing like the same thing, um, you know, it, when being induced into a particular state, then sure, you know what I mean. It's possible. <laughs> it's certainly possible. I don't I don't doubt stuff like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Uh, I get in a lot of trouble. Like almost nothing I post is more controversial online than saying oh yeah. you know um psychedelics you might want to pump the brakes or weed you might want to pump the brakes um hmm. but yeah it's, it's an amazing tool and and we're gonna find the Can use be. for it right and we're gonna find the use for it I, the thing i want yeah. people to know is that when prozac came out it was this very similar conversation in the 80s it was like mm -hmm. a new age of enlightenment is upon us everyone is going to be happy 
all of the time. You're going, you, we don't have to, we've solved depression, right? It's like this very mm -hmm. age of Aquarius kind of time and people. Ooh. And mm -hmm. uh, and guess what? Now, and, and the original studies for Prozac and stuff was like these, like a, it was like a miracle drug. And now, yeah. whatever it is, yeah. almost 40 years later, it barely works when you mm -hmm. try it. So there's also like a thing, like with the consciousness Change, of the time and the people um, that ha that drugs affect in different ways. And we know that different drugs affect different people in different populations in big, in big ways in different places. Like even just alcohol, mm, some real. alcohol in Bali, it's like a psychedelic spiritual thing. Uh, alcohol mm. on um, the Hofstra campus on Long Island, an entirely do it, do different it. kind of experience. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, pe people need to be mindful. It's context, dude. Context is so important when it comes to psychedelics, and it can go bad. And oh. and I know people. There are people out there um, who run into trouble with it. It's just you know, and, yeah, and it's real. I like to say. Uh, you know, and having having struggled with with substance use uh, in the past, like when I say struggle with substance use, uh, using it to numb myself from emotions and not being able to control my use. That's what I mean. Um, and that was marijuana for you. I think Cannab that, was um, cannabis. that was marijuana for me. That was cannabis. Mm -hmm. um, it's I guess I would say that when it comes to substance use and I've said this a lot to uh to different clients and i remember specifically working on a college campus and treating college kids like they're going to come in and saying yeah sometimes i'll you know do this drug or that drug um like almost every single one and i'm not the guy that's like you need to stop that or i can't see you anymore because that's just not gonna happen um with a lot of things and i think the thing to understand context wise is that some people use to forget and some people use to remember, mm. you know, and I think that's a distinction because when you look at, uh, I think there's, you know, there's a, um, there are folks in uh, Mexico in particular where they have a sort of rites of passage where uh, like I think 10 or 12 year olds, somebody out there fact check me on this, that they feed their, their, uh, you know, it's like um, if you're their 10 or 12 year old uh, uh, magic mushrooms. Mm -hmm. and it's a rites of passage sort of thing and it's to like perceived truth like um you know native american culture there there are similar uh traditions um there as well you know and similarly you think about rastafarian culture you know um smoking weed is you know communing with god if i'm if i'm not mistaken um so it's it really is uh all 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 context um and also context of the culture too you know what i'm saying because that's the other thing if it puts me at risk for um you know for for getting arrested or mm, sure you know sure. what i mean or or, or whatever yeah. right then that's a risk that you know you have to be conscious right. of and aware of um and and also just reactivity you know to certain things um and how folks might respond mm -hmm. to you um based on ideas that they have in their minds about it um which is another reason why I think I, um, you know, I, I play all angles, um, you know, especially when we're talking about uh, using um, in any way, shape or form, because, you know, I, I know 
I know folks who have had, you know, uh, issues with psychedelic abuse in the past, like, you know, like all day, every day. Yeah, it's a thonked out. We um, don't talk about it. That's a real yeah. thing. It's a real thing. Cause I mean, and it's, mm-hmm. it reminds me of like, you know, my father who, uh, mm. you know, he's really into wine, right? And any other alcohol <laughs> to him is like a bad alcohol, but wine is culture and sophistication. And he goes Ooh. to the winery <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, he's, he's not getting drunk. It's just like enjoying the wine culture and it's so much more evolved. I see like a, and he, so he has like this certain like um, denial and deflection around the substance use. Yeah. Some of that can kind of exist, can creep into psychedelic use also where people get oh, like, they're like, totally. I'm just being spiritual and I'm just evolving myself. And then like, but at the end of the day, it's not a pretty picture overall. Yeah. And dude, it's interesting because it, it totally depends. Right. Exactly. It, you know, you got to be honest um, with yourself. Like, really? I'm, I'm, and it's context, man. I'm curious. I'm really curious how often, like, if someone like follows a Rastafarian faith, mm-hmm. how often do they do they smoke weed? Uh, and and in what context? Are they allowed to in you know in their particular culture? Are they allowed to uh, be high at work? Mm-hmm. Like, what's their what's their what's their job? You know, um, you know, and all that. So, um, and I mean, I I mean, I've had in the past clients, <laughs> clients, okay, who would come to session, and they wouldn't be like like you know reeking of of MJ or anything like that. But we'd be like talking and they would just be more relaxed and then they would disclose to me. Yeah, like I, I got a little high. It was the only way I was going to be able to uh, talk to you about this stuff. Um, mm. I even had a, a supervisee who I was mm. training at the time who I had to walk through this because their client showed up and their client ended up uh, disclosing all their traumas and having more access to empathy for themselves and were more receptive to empathy from the therapist and all that. So um you know, and now if my supervisee, like or myself, said, "All right, well, I'm gonna have to go ahead and call the cops here because you know, even all these good things are happening, you know, I still need to, you know, uh, get you arrested here and traumatize you more in our prison industrial complex because of principles." Like what? You know, so it's um, it's tricky, man, because I could see you telling that to some other therapist, and they'd be like, "Get out of my office," and you know, you can never come back. Like I don't. It's just, it's so dependent Mm -hmm. on so many, on my usage and my role in society. What's my context? What are my functions? What are my values? What are the values of the person I'm talking to or speaking to? And then also think that last question, am I doing this to forget or to Mm -hmm. remember? I think that's a pretty, and that was when I started to realize that I had a problem. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, when any, you know, you start to notice when am I using, oh, when I start to get in comfortable emotions and like, okay, yeah, Roderick, you see that? That's like, (laughs) this is me having the mental health background and actually studying it at the time, like all this stuff. And you, and and this is a a regular thing, grad students, what, what disorders would I meet criteria for, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and I think that's a that's a tough one to come to terms with with a lot of folks um, because it, it can be used as a useful tool. And I would argue, even though 
like I, it caused a lot of fucking problems for me. Um, still, it helped me um, not um, completely unravel, um, you know, due to just trauma and anxiety, and depression and all this other stuff while I was getting my mm-hmm. PhD. Um, so I think that's the other piece, too, because if I didn't, I wasn't ready to go to therapy. And then also just thinking about, um, you know, therapy for uh, black and brown folks. Um, I was going to therapy is like a no, no. And then also I had, you know, had these problems with relationships and isolating myself and all that different stuff. So context wise, that was maybe the best option for me at the time to skim water um, and then get to a place where I could, uh, you know, just be ready for a therapist. And meditation really helped me. So it helped wean me off in that way. Um you know, so it's it's a lot of factors, man. It's a lot, a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for me, like in my 20s, it helped hugely. My anxiety and depression would be, I would I would take mushrooms like maybe once a year. And for months and months, mm. I would feel so much better. Mm. Social anxiety, way, way down. And I remember the first time I went to the, the mm. uh, mental hospital, they were like, oh, well, it looks like you did all these psychedelics in your 20s. So that's why you're here. And that's the whole thing. And I was like. I was like, I believe them because I didn't know anything else. But looking back on it now, it's like, that's what kept me out of the fucking mental hospital. That said, it is complicated because I've had other trips that have like been not good with zero upside. Um, Mm. So it's complicated, like you're saying. You really do have to just be honest with yourself. I I think a good measure is just like, how is your emotional state Mm. two weeks later? Is it better? Is it more stable? Mm. Are you able to do more of the things you love? Are you able to connect more with the people in your life? Do you have, are you able to go out? You have less social anxiety or do you have more? Are you like, are you chasing that dragon? Are you, you know, are you staying Mm. in to do more, do that more? Or are you able to have more of a fulfilled life doing what you were here, uh, put on this planet to do? And only you can answer Mm. that question, you know, um, but it's like it's like it's like it's not meds. So then a lot of the conversation just becomes, well, okay, it's not toxic. So therefore it's fine. And as somebody who was hurt so bad by drugs, by prescribed drugs, right? But um as somebody mm. who's just been like hurt by drugs, I'm like, okay, pump the brakes, go into it mindfully, because you know, mm. if you, there's you know, you might be able to do a little bit and see how, what the effect is on you. You might be able to, to take take it real slow with any substance, med- any medical substance. You can take it real slow. Anything, man. You ingest in something, dude. Yeah. So that's like mm-hmm. really what where I'm coming from. I think people see, you know, my posts a lot and they're like, oh, this guy's against all drugs. Um, no, I'm not. I'm be- I'm about mindful uh, medicinal use of any substance. Um especially psych meds, you know, psych meds, almost, you know, psych meds destroyed my life, took almost a decade from me. So, uh, Mm. I don't need to hear, uh, I'm, I'm Mr. Uh, uh, you know, pharma or anything like that. I just say, just be mindful. Like there's no one answer. Don't go into taking anything or any Mm. food or don't, don't go into taking any, don't, don't put anything in your body. No, that you haven't done before knowing what that effect is. It might be good. It might be bad. I mean, bro, 
Yeah, dude, we have the internet. If you if you have the internet, you should be able to do the most thorough research anyone in history has ever been able to do. There's no excuse. The internet know, does the opposite though for some look reason. Cuz people go on Twitter. Oh, so what do you mean? People go on Twitter and they're like, "Look, everybody said it's good, uh, so it has to be good." I don't mean Twitter. <laughs> oh, man. I don't even think people use a fucking Google to research anymore. They just We like, need a, an internet manual, man. <laughs> Jeez. Can you write it? This would be your second book. The Manual to the Internet. No, man. Everyone will complain. <laughs> what? This is this is bad. I should, uh, I'm going to go on a Reddit post, make a whole Reddit post about you. Uh, did nonsense. you see the social dilemma? Speaking of uh, internet nonsense. Did you watch it yet? Uh, no, no. Oh, what do you mean? It. You got to watch it. We got to talk about that one. There's a new documentary on Netflix about the social dilemma. That's about uh, mm. how social media companies... Uh, engineer the user psychology to fight each other and mm. to be more depressed and to be more addicted. Get so the fuck you got out of here. Of course it did. It's fucking capitalism, wow. man. They need you to get. They use all of your all of your uh, darker emotions. Yes, right. The fear or anger. They rile that shit up and then they activate it and then they pull you in with it and get you to buy shit and use their shit. That's what they That's do. The my, my girlfriend is in marketing, dude. That's what she mm. says. She says they give you, they use two things. She felt, after she said it, she says, I feel like I need to go take a shower. But it's either they use fear or they use FOMO, fear, fear of missing mm-hmm. out. Those are two of the strongest particular things. Um and that's what, you know, and I started seeing commercials and different things like this after she said that. And it makes so much sense. I'm not surprised that social media does the same thing. It's just like it's like involving involving the person in the commercial, so to speak. Yeah. It's like an interactive commercial based thing, you know. And that's where we're organizing to try to all get free. And it's like it's not going to fucking work. Like the way we talk on social media is not going to be the way that we get free. Mm-hmm. You know, the the way we talk on social media is not going to heal our souls because the way we talk on social media mm-hmm. has to fit into a way that makes money for Silicon Valley inside of a system that is designed to hurt ourselves, to hurt us and to make our, make us more depressed, more anxious, more angry. So like, yeah, I watched this movie and I was like, I don't even know. Like, we got to talk. I got to talk to Broderick about like being very intentional mm-hmm. about how we post and like how we are online because like. I try to create a space that's like more healing that gives people a way out to find resources like meditation or like, you know, real in-person groups. Cause that's all you can do. And we do that. Right. But at the same time, is there a point where it goes over the threshold where you're keeping the people you care about addicted through your use of it, you know? So it's like, what are you going to do, man? You'll hurt and you'll, you'll, you'll hurt and your help. You'll help at the same damn time. I guess that's all you'll hurt one thing. Yeah. It's all the dialectic. It's, uh, I mean, that's the, that's the best that you can do. That's the best that you can do. Um, I think that energy is important. So if, if I intuitively feel, um, an energy that, I would say is is more on the um, I don't like to exactly use the word toxic, but maybe unhelpful mm-hmm. side of things. Because if someone, you know, if I post something and someone says, oh, well, this is interesting. Can you say can you say more about this or oh, um, I disagree on these grounds, you know, or something like that. Right. But uh, I think I posted something about critical race mm-hmm. theory. Um 
which by the way, like like Trump is like a fucking fool, man. Don't tell us, don't tell your enemies what you don't want them to know. When he went oh, off I'm on Bob that thing it. and say, oh, ban white privilege and critical race theory. It's un-American. What do you think everybody's going to do? Now we're going to go read all of it. Like, uh, so side note, but I, so I'm, you know, so I'm, um, so I'm, I wrote something on, you know, critical race theory and race-based stress of trauma or whatnot. And then I think it was today. And then some random dude posts underneath and says, oh, well, this is just, ha this is just incorrect. And then that's all he says. And I'm like, motherfucker, like, number one, I look, I look on his profile. I'm like, you're, you have no expertise, like, in any way, shape, or form. You didn't even give me, like, reasons why it was wrong. You know, I'm very liberal with the mute block button. I don't give a fuck. Like, I don't care. Like, because I, I don't know you, and we're on social media. I don't know if I'm gonna see you, and if I do, you know, hey man, you blocked me. I'm like, oh, oh, because you know, was making any fucking sense, bro. Like, I don't know. Like, what do you say? Like, come on, like, tell me why. Like, tell me why. You know, whatever. So it's it's, it's kind of like the, I, it's, it's kind of uh, like the East Coast. Go fuck yourself. You do. I think I, I think much. I think we would I, use it more for uh, in, uh, us new uh, tri-state area people. If if we just called it the go fuck yourself yeah. button, it would uh, it would be more Pretty popular. Much. I ain't getting caught up. I ain't getting caught up with like you know, with and it is what it. I mean, but some people, I mean, maybe I should have added. I don't know. Like I don't know. I'm about energy, man. Like I think that, and I was telling this to. Um, we were talking about. Uh, so so right now, um, still in still in Louisville, working um, part time in a private practice a few days a week, and I'm in a self compassion group, and I'm running this for. Um, uh, women with uh, eating disorders, um, really low on self-compassion uh, historically in that population. Um, so one thing we talked about was uh, asking yourself, rather than what is society reinforcing in me, what do I want to reinforce in myself? And until you write down everything that you want to reinforce in yourself. So what I mean is maybe compassion. I want to reinforce compassion and reward myself for that. Um, and, you know, or uh, effective communication, boundary setting, emotion regulation. What principles do I really want to live by here? Going through that and then auditing it for anything you learned from someone else. And where'd that come from? And do I agree with that person's philosophy? Right? Do I agree with that? And if I don't, then toss it. What do I agree with? Then we come down to our core principles. And then so if society is interacting with me in a certain way, I know where my bubble ends. And for me, that's compassion. So if someone comes at me speaking in ways that aren't compassionate, like I like almost like, okay, like I'm just not entertaining the energy because I'm not taking it on as something that I want to reinforce in myself. I will remove myself, you know, from, from that energy, I'll be very boundaried in that way. You know, sometimes we'll be in situations where you can't like avoid it, but I'm not going to internalize it or identify with some shit someone's projecting onto me. And they don't even know where their shit is coming from. They've never done their auditing process. If they did, they'd realize that you feeling animosity towards everyone around you is likely a reflection of you feeling animosity towards yourself. And you didn't realize that until I just said that to you right now, you know, but you never did that process. Um, but I think that uh, is against what uh, capitalism wants you to do, 
because then you would get wise to certain things. And then it would also, it would change the market. Fear is very, very easy to manipulate where I think uh, emotions of love and compassion are, are less easy. You have to be, there is more of that, um, you know, do no harm. We're all one moral truth within that um, to, to a certain extent. Um, but yeah, man, so like like internet and stuff like that, I feel like I'm personally just really boundaried because I know uh, myself and what I want, um, what kind of energies I want in my life. Um, because I, yeah, just a lot, a lot of self-reflection, like a lot of it. Um, if folks listening, like if you, if you do struggle, you know, with taking in what other people say, like do this process, like just as, just as an exercise. What is the exercise exactly? You know, share. Oh yeah. So you write okay, down. So just to back up. So this know, exercise is to help your boundaries for what kind of help your energy boundaries. you want to take in, mm-hmm. uh, on social media. So, so on social media or just in relationships like in okay. your life, just the inner and the outer. So what happens is that uh, the outside world, like whether it's parents or you know society or whatever, they will press their values onto you and say, you have to live up to these values. So then when you get old enough, you don't exactly have to buy into those values anymore, but you keep doing it because you've never realized that you had a choice to not. Um, so... What you want to do is write down what values you would like to have, what values you would want. And values aren't goals. Values are principles, right? So if compassion, compassion isn't a goal, it's an aspiration. If these are aspirational things, so it's not like I'm going out and if I'm not compassionate, then I'm like, oh, Broderick, you stupid idiot, you're not worth it or da, 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 da. It's all aspirational. So I can refer back to my value system in any given situation. So we want the values to be very, very broad. So if it's like playfulness, then you might want to be like a little, little lighter. Effective communication, like, okay, you ask yourself, okay, am I communicating effectively right now? Well, not exactly. Let me, you know, give it a little more oomph, but you have a reference point. So you know where you end and others begin. So then when you have these reference points, then like, Write them down. So try to get, you want to try to boil it down to like five principles um, and then pop them on some, uh, some sticky notes, put them all around you, around your spaces and always refer back to them. And then eventually you will start to internalize those. So then when society, um, and this is tricky, when society tr- tries you to one, punish you for not fitting into a value that's outside of yourself, then you won't say, oh, you know, I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't work 80 hours a week. So that means that I'm a bad person, right? That's not my value system. So I don't feel bad for some standard that you're holding me to because I'm not holding myself to that standard. You see, so now I get to validate whether or not I'm doing a good job because I'm the one who chooses, who decides whether or not I'm doing a good job. And if I chose very consciously what I'm trying to do and I'm paying attention to those things, and it's all aspirational and I can't like fail at it, then I feel pretty good about myself. But that, but then when people praise you for certain things, so if someone says, um, you know, uh, say you work, you know, you work out real hard on something or whatever, and then you, um, you win uh, an award or something for whatever the hell it is. And someone goes, wow, you did a really great job on that. You're a really hard worker or you're a really that, 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 that. 
you appreciate the compliment, but you're not, you don't live and die with the compliment. You're not going to be like then, oh crap, I get, I got that compliment for being this, I, for being a hard worker from that specific person. So now I have to live up to that specific person's value system. If you do that, then okay, I'll just work hard and then I'll be accepted and da-da-da-da-da. Um, but then what happens is you're living up to someone else's value system. Are they around you all the time? Are you going to call them and check to see if every time you do something, it's living up to their standards? Like, no, you can't do that because you don't have that reference point that's outside of you. So you want to develop that inner reference point, And then that will help you um, internalize what you want to internalize and, and don't what you don't. You know, but you're not, you're never too high, you're never too low. You're not devastated by criticisms and you're not um, inflated by compliments. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just, you're just you, but you need that reference point. And that's where self-compassion starts is actually saying, okay, well, who am I? You know, what do I want? And identifying those things um, and then moving aspirationally towards those things. Um, but that, if everyone did that, then I think the internet would be. And if, but if you don't do that, the internet decides for you, the algorithm decides for you, and then you're going to end up with values like, you know, because the internet, the internet, the algorithm on Twitter values unkindness, um, harshness, mm. um, mm. Uh, I don't know, discongruency, yeah. just it's, it, it sells. Just like, like discord. And that's why, you know, that's a big reason why we have the, mm. the, the society we have today. So, you know, the biggest mm-hmm. antidote is to, yeah, figure out who you are, define yourself, and then wade in. I, I still, I struggle with it. I'm still figuring yeah. it out too. But when I'm not online, yeah. I don't have a lot of problem with it. But when you're online, you just see like everybody's posts. It's just fire. Dude, it, it triggers all of your shit, man. It, it'll trigger it's, any lingering thing it, that you have. Yeah, it's like walking into a know. riot. It's like, okay, I'm just going to go meditate. And I'm going to go work out and i'm gonna go chant and i'm gonna pray i'm gonna go hang out with my friends and then you walk into a riot is it takes a lot to maintain your Mm -hmm. inner serenity and like the internet really is Mm -hmm. just like a fucking like at this point it's like you know you're bad if you say if you have any nuanced opinion you're on you know you get people saying (laughs) some kind of black and white thing i'm like no i'm saying the opposite or or like uh (laughs) yeah you're you're basically saying this it's like no motherfucker if i was basically saying that then i would have said that like what are you talking about (laughs) you know i I had someone uh, i had like yeah i you know uh the johan hari who made the that book uh, lost connections on depression and like I've community. Heard, yeah, I've heard of that. He, he had a tweet that basically yeah, yeah. said, I don't throw my friends away if we have like a disagreement, right? And I don't like call them out publicly if there's a small disagreement. And I retweeted that and somebody's like, oh, well, I guess you're friends with Nazis. I'm like, oh. God damn. Great. Thanks. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. So like, yeah, of course. I guess you're yeah, friends with Nazis. I, I get, I, of, course, of course, that motherfucker's not Jewish. And like to say that to a Jewish person is like, oh, you Come you on, can you can bro. have disagreements or you even entertain that you can persuade people who are a little bit to the right in your life which i think is important if we want to get somewhere i think it's important to persuade cuz i can and i've done this before i can get somebody who's on the right in my life to actually contribute to social justice causes to actually like mm. do something that helps and mm. they're saying to me oh if you're going to throw if you're not going to throw that away and just throw everybody out of your life uh, then you're Nazi. 
And that's like a normal thing to think on the internet. You know, I don't give a fuck about that. Like, I just want to get, I want to help people and whoever I can get there. Sometimes that's making people uncomfortable. Sometimes that's getting people on board. It Mm -hmm. doesn't mean I'm fucking friends with David Duke. If I see David Duke, I'm going to kick him in the fucking balls, okay? But, but, don't, but don't tell me that somebody who's like, oh, you know, I think uh, maybe I wish Romney would run again. Like that, that because like I'm willing to talk to that person uh, that I'm friends with Nazis. Mm. Like, but that's that's what the algorithm does. Man. And if you don't set yourself, it, it does, then dude. you get caught up you don't in say, that. <laughs> yeah. And there's a way, there's a way to exist. Yeah. Like it's, um, because all of your stuff, it, it's gonna project onto everything. So when we think about, I guess, just meditative practice and moving through your stuff, um, and I actually actually advised this to a client like not like two days ago. Um, it, it had to do with just getting angry. I'm trying to like ethically not disclose too much information, um, like not getting angry with people who are just around you. You know, and we identify for this person that the outer, their outer judgments were reflections of their inner world. So they were getting angry and judging because they're judging themselves. So then what I assigned for this person to do is, uh, is just to spread kindness, like make people feel good on purpose. Like that old lady that's like, usually you want to, you know, get away from as quickly as possible. So she doesn't rope you into conversation. How about you just go fucking listen to her because she's lonely. And you just sit and you listen and you say hi, you know, or you're driving and you usually get road rage. Do the opposite. Let everybody in in front of you. Let them cut you off. Just be very welcoming and whatnot. You have to cultivate that peaceful heart that can transcend things around you um, and transcends your stuff. And one practice, you know, speaking of social media in particular, um, for a while, for a while, my insecurities would be projected onto people who did similar things as me and were successful mm-hmm. at it, you know, um, which for a while I was like, oh, Broderick, like this is fucked up. Like you're getting like upset because a race-based stress and trauma like expert like did something cool and it's going to help black people, you know. So then I was like judging myself um, about that and you shouldn't feel this way and da, 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 da. but it was just out of insecurity and I could see that. So then my practice in social media, it came, it came, uh, it kind of came about randomly, but what I would do is when I would notice these things, I would then, um, open up the person's profile picture and I would look at their picture and then I would try to feel happy for them and happy that they are helping other people, you know, and I would just try to induce these more states of appreciation and appreciate the other person. So not focus on my own insecurities, but focus on this person's um, successes and the the effects and benefits of those successes. And then as I started to do that, then the feeling of like, oh, look at that. That's great. Comes up more naturally, but that's being intentional. And even with this person that I had uh, blocked and <laughs> blocked and you know all that, I did that from a place mm-hmm. of love. If I engage with you and I and I engage with you, you're just going to come back likely with some like just nonsense and like trash talking and whatever. Every time you do that, every time you write something like that, you know, into the the Twitter machine or the Facebook machine, or whatever. Um, it's making, it's giving it more energy, more life. It's breathing life into it. So 
if I don't reinforce that, that's one that's one situation where you tried to project your stuff onto someone and I didn't catch your projection. You know, and now you're sort of alone, you know, with whatever you said. And you're like, why didn't this person respond? Now you're asking questions about your behavior. You know, if I can get you to question, even just once, twice, whatever, you'll question enough and you'll you'll get to it. Um, but trying to act from a place of of love and and doing good and cultivating that stuff, even if you're feeling insecure, um, just again, aspirational, because you can't love everybody, but you can aspire really to do anything that you want. It doesn't mean you're going to get it or you're a failure if you don't. It's just about that, that trying. And over time, um, you put out enough energy and you, uh, you know, don't let a certain type of energy in. If you do that stuff enough, um, you'll get to where you want to go. It all starts again with that, um, you know, with that auditing of what values do I want to aspire to? It's like, oh, productivity, you know, and then it's okay, who taught you that? Oh, society. Do you agree with society's philosophies? No, I do not. Hmm, interesting. That's no longer a value. Why productivity? Oh, because I want to help people. Okay, then why is productivity the value? Is helping people the value? Oh, okay. You know, so that's different. Um, so yeah, a lot, lot of, lot of nooks and crannies you can get uh, into your consciousness with people, just with a little self-reflection, a little bit of aspiration. Um, you, you can do a lot. You can do a lot. You can control a lot of your inner world. And once you, you once know, you change, willing to go there once you change that energy and you change that that frequency, other people show up who are on it. You know, that's that, that, yeah, that that's the real thing that'll happen sometimes really fast. I mean, that's how I think we met, right? Like, bro, I was about to say yeah. that, dude. That's exactly how we met. Yeah, exactly. Turn the, we turn the dial on the CB radio to that like appreciation and and and, and freedom uh, internal freedom fighting frequency mm-hmm. and then people mm-hmm. show up on the dial Here and they're like oh yeah i want to hang out oh yeah i'm on that energy i'm on that wavelength oh yeah let's talk but if you're on the other wavelength of like <laughs> fuck you fuck you go fuck yourself fuck you. you need to validate me That's or right. i'm going to feel terrible about myself you're not going to find those people on mm. that dial so yeah even though it's like it's mm-hmm. aspirational and there's like you're, you're thinking about creating this whole other mm-hmm. life with these uh, intentional values. I would argue that you mm-hmm. do get um, mm-hmm. you get good feedback if you're on the right frequency pretty quickly, quicker than like down the road because mm-hmm. the others will show up. Yeah, man. Those kind people will show up. And that was uh, this is what I told, you know, what I said to my client. It was um, this is my last thought on this. Um I, I gotta go eat something. I'm starving. Yeah, it's an hour already, so um, we gotta. Uh... Yeah, ha, ha. kindness for myself. <laughs> uh, but uh, so that's what I told to my client. I said that if you're nice to a person and you're really open to being nice to them and just spreading that energy, once you do, look at them in the eyes and try to see if they appreciate you. Mm. Just, just tune into wow. it and see. And that's how, to your point about, you know, uh, getting that feedback. Um, I think that's very, very important, like moment to moment. You can get it that fast. And I think especially with things like compassion or kindness, um, people are so taken aback when you're actually kind. Like they're so taken aback. It's like, oh, shit. You know, like that older woman, my client's talking to them. It's like, oh, shit, this kid's like talking to me. Oh, yeah. 
Like, oh, wait, hold on. I'll be right back. Can I can I show you pictures of my kids just for like a second? She's just so fucking happy mm-hmm. to have somebody actually give a shit. And that's it. And that's the that's the only truth that you need. And you see that that everywhere. Where you're thinking, you're thinking values, you're thinking what I want to reinforce. It's you know, what's what's something that's all pervading that I can always like rely back on to know who it is I am and consciously choose that. Um but yeah, man, just a little awareness makes for a much more beautiful experience. Well said. We need a sign-off. Uh, I, I was thinking about this. I forgot to say. So, so yeah, we don't. We, do. we, we need a sign-off just to wrap it up uh, all pretty because I've like edited a bunch of these and it's just like, okay, bye, bye, bye. So, um, <laughs> thank you, Dr. Broderick, for your time. Thank you, listeners <laughs> at home. Uh, until yes, next yes. week. Uh, Take care of yourselves. Look out for each other. Zai Gazan. Yo. Peace.